Uh, bad idea to eat a Starburst before recording a podcast. Um, or best idea. Should that be the name of this of this podcast? It's a bad idea <laughs> to eat a Starburst before a podcast. Wait, why though? Well, it's it's it's, it's <laughs> the. News. I'm eating one of the red ones, which has like a slight tang to it, so it's like a little sour. Okay. And so it's causing like my mouth to like water, and so now I'm dealing with like a watery mouth while trying to. <laughs> hashtag watery mouth. Moist mouth. Mm, that sounds like a, that sounds like a product. And Sound now it's stuck to my teeth. I it's can fucking, spit again. Stuck to my teeth. How how involved is eating that Starburst? Oh. Involved, Matt. Very involved. There's a whole. Like, who brought up it's a, it's a whole process. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, GTA San Andreas. Was it San Andreas? Yeah. No, I, I could was, stay up uh, all night licking my partner's stamp collection. <laughs> I thought that was Vice City, but I mean, fuck. Oh, wait, boy. Wait, what did I say? Did I say San Andreas? You did? It's Vice City. Sorry. My bad. I would have never known. Damn. I could have gotten away with it. Have you played any of the uh, GTAs? No, I played all of them, but I just oh, okay. I, I wouldn't remember to retain a line like that. Oh, oh right. it's not that we retained it. It's that Matt and I used to fucking listen to the radio ads like uh, on YouTube because <laughs> they're really good. All right. Hello. Welcome to Day One Patch Podcast, episode 385. Remember, your host with the moist mouth, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> we have to keep that one. Like, we have to keep saying that. <laughs> it's, it's, your, it's your boy with the moist mouth, Ryan Johnson. Uh, today, I got with me Adrian Petty. Yo. Tim Spence. <coughs> Hello. <laughs> Sorry, I'm dying. And Matt Lawrence. What's up? <laughs> uh, some of the top stories this week. Not too much. Uh, pretty pretty quiet week, I think. Uh, Sony is planning an in-game ad program similar to Xbox, which we talked about last week. Amy Hennig is making a new Star Wars game. If you remember, she was supposed to make a Star Wars game with EA, and then things kind of fell apart over there at EA in terms of their vision for their Star Wars games. Uh, Portal co-writer Eric Wolpaw wants to uh, wants Valve to let him work on a Portal 3, and he says, I'm not getting any younger. And then finally, we have the return of the Query Corner question, and Adriano has a game for us. Do you want to talk about the game now, Adriano, or yeah, how does this work? Uh, so for the duration of this podcast, I'm going to be buying stuff. It's on the same the- game? Same game. We're gonna we're, we're gonna do this until I go through the entire eShop. I'm gonna buy things on the Nintendo Wii U eShop. The soon oh, to expire. Because they're shutting it down, yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, you guys can guess how many games I've bought. And what and time, console are you on? Shout it out. Uh I am still working my way through Nintendo Entertainment System. So okay. I the, the consoles are Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo DS, N64, uh I think think there's a oh let me let me just go to the home screen i'll do this properly the the ones that we have to eventually go through nintendo entertainment system super nintendo entertainment system game boy advance nintendo 64 nintendo ds and the wii and that's just the virtual console side there's not gamecube yeah they never put gamecube on here or the or the 3ds because that's still a standing console that makes what you're buying now is only accessible on the wii u it's only yep on ac- accessible on this console on the Wii U. It's not even transferable between them. So wait, if your console broke, then mm-hmm. it's over. It's over. Yep. And you're fine doing that. Yeah. A sound investment. Yep. There's no way to back them up. <laughs> and as far as I know, no. I mean, it's kind of the same thing with physical games yeah. too. 
if they break, that's over. But in the world of buying digital, which he, which he is doing, it just, it's crazy that you can't even transfer it to a new system. Yep, that's Nintendo. If it ain't broke, buy it again. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wait, if it, if it wait, ain't broke, broke, buy it again? <laughs> We're in broke. We're good at this. That's the one. <laughs> we should work for marketing. All right. Uh, I'm going to start with what we're playing. Um, who wants to go first? Adriano? Uh, what I have been playing. I think I took last week off. Um, so I've just casually been playing some Mario Kart 64, actually, on this oh, Wii nice. U virtual console. Um, uh, I told myself I wanted to play all the Mario Kart's all over again from beginning to end gold perfect golds on every cup through and through every cc every cc um i have played some i haven't i've actually hasn't i haven't touched games much this week but i am continuing to play dead space 3 because you know i just decided to replay the dead space games for some weird reason um did some overwatch <laughs> with you and marty this is the last week of the anniversary remix i've not one. won a single skin from this event uh really well there's only six so there's actually you and marty both have some i actually i actually got another one the other day i think i have like oh. three of them yeah i'm actually oh I, I this might be the first time i get all of them in one in one oh wow event. yeah um i did some deep rock galactic with uh, some of my board game friends. I did some Sea Thieves with some siblings. And uh, this new game, I think I mentioned last week, I have been playing it nonstop because I cannot fucking put it down, is Vampire Survivor. Oh, yeah. I've seen people playing that game. It is $3 on Steam. Yeah. Go fucking <laughs> yeah. get this game and just play this game it's so good. I, there's a free <laughs> version in a browser apparently too if you wanted to do that oh, there but you go. it is so goddamn good it just what's it, it called i'm gonna look it up here vampire uh, vamp- survivor vampire vampire survivor and it's essentially just a stick shooter but you don't aim your your sticks you just move around and it's a very castlevania sprite looking game and you're doing upgrades and you're moving your way. And every time I think, I think when you last 30 minutes in a, in a stage, the next stage unlocks. So it actually does progress. Like you're in the courtyard, then you're in the, the library, then you're in like an underground facility. And you're kind of making your way through like a basic state, six stage thing. But oh is, my God, look at this thing. Yeah. Am I, oh yeah, my right? God. Right. So I've been no, playing. It makes sh- you feel old. I've been playing a shit ton of that game. It is so fun. It, and even the music too. When you, when you pick up a chest in the middle of the arena, the game freezes and it goes into like this super dance uh, 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 beat, like where the chest opens up and like your new item pops out. It's, it's so good. I just like start dancing in my chair every time that happens. Here's <laughs> the system requirements. Oh yeah, Windows Seven, Intel Pentium Four processor, mm-hmm. one gigabyte of RAM, and 250 megabytes of available storage. That's too much for me. Yeah, <laughs> like a PS2 <laughs> could run this thing. A Mac can run this thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's on. It's on Mac as well. Yeah. So that's. Uh, I cannot recommend that game enough. For three dollars, you're probably paying as much as a coffee. Just play it for the duration of you drinking that coffee and you have your money's worth. <laughs> Reminds me of like uh, when they when the guy made Shovel Knight, he like made sure that all the assets and all the like processing power that he used when making Shovel Knight 
if that game was on the Super Nintendo, like uh, not Super Nintendo, the original NES, it would be able to run on it. Wow. It, it I I remember reading that something like that, but I feel like there's too many mm-hmm. colors in the palette to be able to pull that off. There aren't. You're, I'm pretty really? sure the color. Yeah, it depends oh, wow. on the level. Like, it depends on the level because there's like, well, different levels have different palettes. Yeah. So I think it might just be like as you play through the game, you see a bunch of different palettes, and you're like, oh, there's way more than like you know four colors in this game. But it's that each level is only comprised of like four or five colors. Mm. Okay. And two of them have to be Shovel Knight himself. So it's pretty limited. Okay. It's early access. But uh, Vampire, yeah, they're they're constantly tweaking it. But, yep, that's uh, what I've been up to. Cool. Tim, how about you? Uh, it's actually been a while since I was on the podcast. Um, but in the meantime, I finished Elden Ring. Oh yeah, and uh, I, let, let me let me ask a quick clarifying question. You finished it, yeah. But are you finished with it? No. Okay. I finished the. I mean, that's like saying I finished with Dark Souls. The answer is no. Like, I'm always going to be able to go back and play Dark Souls again. Like, I'll never be finished with Elden Ring. Um, but it's definitely like of the games that I am most not finished with. <laughs> Elden Ring is the top of that list. Like there's there's just going to be so much to do in this game and I'm eagerly awaiting the DLC. But I finished one ending of Elden Ring. I start a new game plus and I'm working towards another ending and then once I do that, start again and do the other ending, then I'll have all the trophies in the game. I'll have platinum it. Oh yeah. Um or whatever the equivalent on Steam is. It'll be one of two games on Steam where I have every achievement. Um, the other one being Fable Anniversary Edition, but, uh, it's just, it's, it's good. It's such a good game. Are you generally an achievement hunter or no? I used to be. It depends on the game. Like for like, even for Dark Souls, like I don't have all the achievements in Dark Souls and I have like (sighs) over 500 hours in Dark Souls, um, between it and then the remaster, but they're like you have to play through Dark Souls. I think a minimum of if you want to get every achievement on a single character, I think you have to play through the game fully twice, if not three times, because you have to get both endings, and then you have to. There are some items. I think that you can, you have to do two, maybe you could do it in two playthroughs if you wanted to get all the achievements on a single character. Cause you have to get all the like, all the legendary everything. And I'm fairly certain that you have to get certain NPC storylines to the end, but like different endings. That's too much and, for me. And I you can't, can't and you can't do that in a single playthrough. So. It's it's something like that. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but it's like to get all the legendary like sorceries. Well, not even legendary. They made it easier in Elden Ring. You just have to get the legendary stuff for the achievements. Right. Um, but in in Dark Souls, it was like get every incantation, get or uh, every sorcery, every miracle, every weapon upgrade to the end of its tier. Like every uh, max out a magic weapon, max out a occult weapon, max out a lightning weapon, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so those are like, they're just a lot more grindy to do. And I don't take any like enjoyment of grindy achievements like that. 
Yeah. Especially when you have to play a game for a super long time to like get to the point where you can get all of the upgrade materials. I think that's what the other kicker was too for getting the achievements into a single playthrough. It's like you can either grind and grind and grind and grind to get the upgrade materials to max out every weapon type or just start over New Game Plus and then go to the ones that are guaranteed to drop again. Mm-hmm. Um, Because there's some items that you can get in that game that are like 0.4% drop chance for like an upgrade material. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and do this for (laughs) six hours until I get one. Yeah. Those bubble Um, things are, I think you said, right? There's something like 0.4 or 4% or something. Bubble things. Those bubble weapons from the little little white alien guys. Yeah. I don't think those... I don't think the drop chance for those is that low. It's okay. probably somewhere in the realm of like 5 to 10%, but it's not that low. There is a weapon in Elden Ring that has a 0.5% chance of dropping. Damn. Um, but I actually just coincidentally have one. Like I didn't <laughs> I didn't grind for that one. I just like saw that it was like, "Oh, it's this drop chance." And I was like, "Holy shit, really?" And then I just saw that I happened to have one. It's like, <laughs> "Oh, lucky me." Um, it's the Noble Slender Sword for those who are curious. Um, but aside from that, I yeah, I finished off um I finished off Elden Ring on stream and then I also started I think since I was last on the show I started and finished um uh, Lego City Undercover. Yeah. <laughs> Which is honestly such a good game. Like the ending, the last mission in that game fucking rocks. It has no right going as hard as it does. It's such a good level. It's like that game very quickly becomes like James Bond because you're just doing like secret agent stuff, even though he's just supposed to be this like cop, but it's a little bit tongue in cheek. Like the first time that you're doing these, like these, like uh, these like platforming challenges where you have to do like um, there's like free run segments in the game. And a lot of the time it's like, Oh, you'll be chasing a, a suspect or chasing a criminal. And you have to do these like parkour segments and you'll get through it. And then chase McCain will be like, man, I didn't even know I was able to do half that stuff. And just like, <laughs> Just like things like that. Oh man, it's so good. And then there's this one part in the game that um is just like iconic for me because when I first played the game it was actually at Matt's house because he had it on the Wii U and we just played it because it was silly. Um there's like these uh surveillance missions that you can do where as part of the like open world, and can I also say, holy goddamn hell, there is so much to do in that game. <laughs> So goddamn much. There's That's like, surprising too. That's really weird. It's as all far the as I, games are like that though. Yeah. No, I know they're all super grindy and stuff, and there's lots to do. You have to replay every level like three times. But I might be wrong, but I think it's the first Lego game, the first like modern Lego game that isn't based on another IP. Like it's not like a Lord of the Rings. It's not Lego. I think that's right. Know, Harry yeah. Potter. It's its own original thing. Lego City. Um, I, you could say it's based on their Lego City, you know, playsets, which is their own thing, right? Yes, like it's yeah. it's not yeah, it's yeah. not based on an IP. It's it's their no, they own made thing, that, yeah. right? It's like you wouldn't say God of War is based on the God of War IP. Uh, um, an easy way to tell actually is if the, <clears throat> if the minifigures are yellow, that's a Lego set. If they're like skin oh, tones, and if they have then that's skin a tones. that's a franchise. Like oh, set. that's that's an interesting point actually. Yeah, now that I think about it. Um. Yeah, that game was interesting because they definitely had different characters of different ethnicities in that game, but everyone had just like the yellow skin. Mm-hmm. So I was like, is this racist? <laughs> there being this character, but he's yellow. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
Um, Should I feel bad for playing? Yeah, this? like is, is this is this fucking cringe in the year twenty twenty two? No, um, it's but yeah, it's a good game. It's honestly, unironically, extremely funny. It's the writing is so goddamn good, and it's it's really one of those things where like you go back and you watch old SpongeBob, and you're like, I did not get this as a kid. That's funny. It's like that. Like the writers definitely make jokes for like people that are older that would get it and there's a lot of pop culture references in it some of them land some of them don't but overall it's very funny um but you can do these like surveillance missions in the over like kind of the open world segments of the game where you, you're basically like on a higher up area and you whip out your surveillance equipment and you're listening in to see if there's any like criminal activity in the area and it usually amounts to like you're listening into like through a window in an apartment and it's like, all right, boys, let's go down to the basketball court and stir up trouble or just like something like that. <laughs> but while you're doing the surveilling, you can like listen in on different audio points. <laughs> there's one like there's always a joke like there's usually like one that you're supposed to listen to to start the mission. Um, but then there's like usually two or three others that are just like joke audio. One of them, one of them that's really good is like this guy's like, uh, yeah, can I get a um a large pizza with pepperoni and um, I'll get a a bottle of cola. Would that be all right? Oh, what? You know what? Sometimes, mom, I feel like you don't even love me anymore. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's just stuff like what the that. Hell, <laughs> that was really good. Um, but the one that is just like stuck in my brain for some reason is one when I was just randomly doing it when we first played Lego city at Matt's place and it's like at this cafe down by the water <laughs> and the, ca- the audio is the, the server and he's like, Oh, welcome to the, you know, like the house of tea. We got many 50 different types of tea, including oolong chai, like Earl Grey lists off like 12 different kinds of tea. And he's like, so what do you have? The customer's like black coffee. <laughs> the guy's like, get out. Like he screams like super angrily. <laughs> and it's just like that line just has free real estate in my brain for the rest of my life it's so funny <laughs> but i was gonna say i brought that up because at the end of the game um the final scene in the game the final cut scene takes place right next to that coffee shop and i was like yes it had to be here that's uh, funny or i guess i should say tea house not coffee shop but yeah um <laughs> started and finished lego city undercover unironically really good game i'm really glad that i went back and played it uh, and now I've started up another Souls-like um, that's been on my radar for a little while. It's an adorable little game called Death's Door, uh, which is sort of like an isometric uh, Souls-like game. The yeah, combat I've, is like fairly simple. I very much want to start playing this game. It's so good. Honestly, it's really, really good. It's super, super charming. The combat is not super in-depth, but what's there, it's like you've got your movement, you got your dodge, and you got your attack. Have fun. Like that's pretty much what it is. Like learn the learn the patterns from the from the bosses. There's like different weapons you can find. There's one weapon that you can find right off the bat that's basically like if you want to play the game on hard mode, it's just the starting sword, but half damage. Um, and then I found another weapon, uh, which is like some daggers, which are fast, but they do less damage, but the combos are longer. And uh, it's it's just really fun. It's really good, and it's got very like old school zelda e type puzzles where it's like here's a wall that's cracked how do you break it open i don't know and then once you get like later into the game you figure out how you can do it so you have to go back to the early areas to to do everything uh which i like i like that kind of game so yeah we will we will uh see what else is to come of that game i think i've people are saying you can beat that game in about 10 hours and i'm about three hours in i guess three or four hours so Shouldn't take too long to get through it, but so far I'm really, really enjoying it. And it, it was uh, free on Game Pass, which is why I started playing it. Matt, what are you playing? 
What? Uh, so I've been doing the uh, <laughs> coming in hot. Um, so I've been doing the uh, the Fortnite pretty consistently lately. I've been Doing playing those that, dances. Uh, doing the dances. Yeah, I've just yeah. been just been practicing the floss. Still, just can't quite get the hip movements down. Um, <laughs> but no. but uh but no i've been uh, playing fortnite quite a bit and doing uh, a bunch of squads and trios with you guys and then i've been doing a bit of solos as well um i suck at no i suck at the zero build mode just in general i can't get used to the time to kill because of the overshield it's just something that isn't quite programmed into my brain yet like i I like withdraw like my like assault on somebody too early, which is tr- sort of like a traditional thing that happens in COD as well, um, or at least it happened to me in in uh, Warzone because the time to kill I believe is longer than that than like regular COD. So you know you put two bursts into somebody, then you talk about getting a cover to reload, and you're like shit, like you know in that knee jerk reaction that person's not down yet type of thing. Um, so I'm still getting used to that. Um, and then I was talking some strategy with. Um, uh, you, Ryan, and Marty as well. And I've been kind of thinking that. So the, the game's kind of based on skill-based matchmaking as far as we can tell. And I noticed that I was like playing against people that were about my tier in solos. And then I suddenly, and this is on a build mode. And then I suddenly, like I got like a second place, I think. And it put me up a tier. And then I just started getting absolutely destroyed. And it kind of has kept me at that tier. So I don't know how many tiers it's gone up. It doesn't actually tell you a number. But what I was telling these guys is, is that like we've been, we don't always do this, but we generally play kind of semi-conservatively in order to get to the end, get to the last fight, to the basically the top 10. And then the top 10 is like the last circle or two generally. And then you have a big fight and, you know, the winner is the winner. But what I think is happening is that um, we're not fighting enough. So we're not getting enough fights in at the tier that we're supposed to be at. So the game will obviously like rank you up. So if we get into like a fight in the early game, we like get in a whole bunch of fights in the early game and we die early, then I would estimate that this skill-based matchmaking will like match us based upon our combat skills. But when we're being rather conservative and getting to the end, the game thinks, oh, you're getting rather far into the game. You're, you know, occasionally winning and or like winning, uh, let's say like, Winning like once a night or something. So you're winning once a night. Oh, okay. We'll just keep bumping you up and bumping you up and bumping you up. But we continually play conservative and we're not getting better at fighting or at least not in my opinion. So I, I was telling these guys, like, I think what we need to do is, you know, play conservative when it, when it's appropriate, like still be strategic. But when there's a fight, go in there. And unless it's something that, you know, you really shouldn't be in there because of a crossfire or something, get in there. And if you die, who cares? Because you've learned from that fight. Get in, in the skill-based matchmaking, I think will be more accurate. So I'm going to start trying that um, a little bit and see how that goes. Because I think if I do that, because I'm I'm clearly too high of a tier now uh, in my solo build mode. So if I continually do that, the game will think, oh, okay, he, you know, he's getting destroyed, and it'll bump me down, and then I'll actually like improve in my combat in the lower tiers. So that that's that's kind of what I'm aiming at. Um, we've been doing that in Apex a bunch because I've been playing that a bunch as, as well. Um, not so much this week, but the previous week. And we just basically always do a hot drop and always go after fights. And we went from losing for weeks to, you know, winning three, I think maybe three or four times in a week. So it really helps. So I'm going to try that same sort of strategy loosely in Fortnite. Um, I've also been doing, <laughs> been doing the, the PGA Tour 2K21. Um, as well, uh, Wes and I've been doing that. Wes has been giving me some, <clears throat> some tips and we've been, uh, doing that. We absolutely destroyed somebody in a game of scrambles. So it's an, an actual other 
team of players, so 2v2. Uh, we got negative six that game, six below par, which is really good. Uh, probably the best I've ever done. Um, I had, I was even keeping up with Wes one time, and he's like, okay, we got a game now. And then I just lost six shots. Like, I just got two double bogeys and two bogeys, which was just a fucking disaster. Um, and I got pissed off at that. He went to bed, and I stayed up for another two hours practicing my fucking, <laughs> my golf to, like, I was like, I'm not going to bed until I get an under par in one of these courses. And I got an under par finally two hours later. I was like, okay, I, I can go to bed now. So I've been playing uh, PGA quite a bit. And uh, I'm at the conclusion or what appears to be the conclusion or close to of the DLC in Terminator Resistance. So I almost completed that. It's been really good so far. Uh, and then there's one other DLC after this. I'm not really sure what that one's totally about. I think you, I think you become a Terminator um, in that one, you become an infiltration unit, so that'll be interesting. Whoa, spoiler alert! If that's the case, well, it's sold. It, it says it the PlayStation Store. <laughs> um, so it's called Infiltrator Mode. So that's like that's the next mode I have to do after this one. But it's uh, it's pretty damn fun. Uh, it's really it's the environment's really good. It's really well written, and I've, like I said before, just the voice acting needs a bit of work. But um, if you are a fan of Terminator, this is like a totally legit game. It's like a really, in my opinion, like really high quality for uh, the size of team and, and stuff that's worked on it. And Jeez. I thought the Terminator games were like mostly bad. Well, you and I played Terminator Salvation on PS3. I remember Tim, we and that did, was yeah. particularly bad. That was a really not good game. And like uh, that's just not even being like mean. Like it just genuinely wasn't good. It's a little sad. Um, that was definitely like a movie game, right? And and late in movie games yeah. life cycle, like when movie games weren't really yeah. coming out. Well, it's such a shame too, because like Terminator is such an IP that like has a ton of potential for having really awesome action games and like they keep dropping the ball like it's it's one thing to be like oh yeah okay it's a movie game like they're just trying to cash in on the popularity but like it's a solid ip yeah it's like what they did in this in in terminator resistance kind of i would say redeems that because like you're right like you know the last game we played salvation wasn't very good and then there was a collection i think it was two or three games that released alongside terminator 3 actually and i think only one of them was kind of received well like i kind of I kind of remember from that from when I was a kid and the other ones weren't received too well. I know I had a couple, I know I had some friends that had like the different ones and some of them liked them, some of them didn't. So it's, you know, let's say lukewarm at best. But this game, like the main campaign and actually the whole era of this game is like you're in the post war. Um, so you're in the machines versus human war and it's based upon the first movie's iteration of the future. So you see various characters that you would see very briefly in like the flashbacks slash flash for flash forwards, I guess, um, of like Kyle Reese and stuff when he's describing it to Sarah Connor in the movie, in the first movie. So this is like if you're a Terminator fan, like there's lots of lore to be explored here. If it's canon or not, I don't know. You can talk to characters. There's open world areas. There's side missions. There's stealth. If there's like optional stealth, there's crafting if you want to do it, but everything is just enough. Just a little bit of crafting, just a little bit of like economy. You can like buy and sell stuff. Um, just a little bit of like, there's just a little bit of horror. There's like some action scenes. Then there's a bunch of optional stuff where you can go, you know, guns a blazing or go in stealth. There's just enough side missions, like two or three per zone, not totally crazy 10, 15 quests. Um, and the main campaign has a little bit more than that. So it's it's just like a really solid game for this for the size of like the the team. Like it's definitely like an indie game or at least indie-esque. And so, you, you know, the, it doesn't handle as well as COD. Let's say it's a first person shooter. It doesn't, uh, the, like I said, the voice acting obviously as well. But like if in terms of content, it's really true to the story. And even 
like reviewers that I've listened to have all said, like, this is surprisingly decent and that, you know, this game's kind of standard in its mechanics, but we don't have a Terminator game like this. So this is a super solid experience if you want to try it. And I'm playing it on the enhanced version on the PS5, which they gave out for free if you owned it on the on the PS4 as well, which I, and I bought it months before the PS5 came out. So um, go uh, go check it out if you're a Terminator fan. But um, that is... Well, I did a little bit of Elden Ring as well, actually. Tim and I, you did... Uh, you and I did a little bit of Elden That's Ring. True, yeah. Um, did a bunch of Ronnie's quest and... I mean, I can't even really spoil anything because I don't know what the hell is going on half the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then, like, just to be blunt, and then we, like, went... Uh, and then we went to someplace i think it was in oh it was in your game because you started your game plus so we went and we did uh the castle with i forget his name now um godric godric yeah yeah stormvale castle first place that's it yeah so we went and we kind of cleared that out helped me level up so i probably got maybe i don't know let's say 10 levels this week um in total and uh that was pretty good um i hit a wall at one point but ended up being able to get through it once i kind of came back and that's uh that's been my week uh, for myself, I don't think I've gotten into too much. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned last week or if it maybe, maybe it happened this week, but I finished Dying Light 2. Uh, immediately deleted it after I was finished. <laughs> oh. It's not that I didn't like the game. I was actually planning on, you know, attempting the Platinum. Um, and it was just that last level just pissed me off. It that just last made me level angry. is fucking horrible. And I was just so frustrated that I just deleted the game. I mean, maybe at some point I'll re-download it and... Uh, try to go after that platinum but uh, here's what here's what i downloaded instead to go after its platinum was assassin's creed syndicate holy crap interesting there's only, there's only a handful of like kind of busy work kind of trophies left like you know collecting all the like different documents or whatever in the different areas on the map so it's just like a kind of matter of time type of game for the platinum um i also downloaded uh, assassin's creed 2 on pc and that was a nightmare. That's uh, a different era of PC gaming, eh? What do you it mean? ran fine. It did not have controller support, but it oh. had controller prompts. <laughs> and so <laughs> okay. trying to use a mouse and keyboard on this thing while getting like... And here's the crazy part. It wasn't just controller prompts. It wasn't any recognizable <laughs> controller button prompts. It was it just was like, like a dude walking... Game. With a green circle around him. Now you would think, oh, he had to press, like, what is it? Um, a on the Xbox controller. But there's no controller support. So what the hell is running man on a green circle on a keyboard? What does uh, that mean? Left, left, uh, left click. It, uh, <laughs> it was beyond me. And so I just I just gave up on that one. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, is that it? Well, I was going to ask what what pissed you off. Like, I don't know if you'd say this the spoilers, but what pissed you off about that dying light too? Like, I hated the design of the last level. I thought it was really clunky, and I also well, missed cutscenes due to glitches. So, I don't think it's a spoiler to say there's a big climactic ending, but it was just it was just going through the motions of that ending. <laughs> it just it was so infuriating, and I have the um, adaptive triggers on, and so like every time you're swinging your weapon, there's some resistance. And so my finger got really sore just trying to, you know, swing at the enemies because it was like it, it just it just hurt. I was frustrated. It was dumb. And I deleted it. So <laughs> a two out of five. Damn. No, the game. The game's good. Otherwise, though. 
Although I will mention this, and Matt, you probably had a harder time than me. Uh, a big pet peeve of mine in games is climbing up mountains. Like just trying to find the path that leads you up the mountain where you need to go. Oh, oh sure. The one that's like the intended path that's supposed to be marked, but they also try to make it look like it blends in with the background. Right. It's kind of hard to see. Yeah. I had the biggest problem with that with Skyrim. All their goddamn mountains. Well, it's um, white and gray in Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> I used the hell out of that clairvoyance spell just to freaking find my way around the mountains in that Holy, game. Holy, no way, really? I've yeah. literally never used that. I've never I forgot awesome. all about that. <laughs> That's what do you mean awesome. by I was going to have trouble with, with the mountains? You said, like, I, I, oh, I, I would have more so, trouble. Well, when you get to the big city in, in Dying Light 2, it's all basically mountain climbing, figuring your way up these buildings and skyscrapers. And oh, that sure. frustrated me to no end. And I'm saying you had a harder time because you went all in on the on the what, the peacekeepers. Yeah, peacekeepers. Yeah, that's right. The PK. And they give you weapons in the city, whereas the, the uh, survivors give you climbing devices or navigation tools that make it easier to traverse the city. So I can't imagine what you went through trying to get up some of those skyscrapers without any of the tools available to you. One of the things I actually really hate hated about dying light is like, I I probably did have a harder time because of that, but you know, real brief. It's like, I find that a lot of those tall buildings have one path to get up them. And I kind of, and, and you can always, you know, some of the buildings in that game are sort of like jump puzzles and, you can kind of cheese some of the steps if you're super high level and you can like, you know, you don't have to go up 10 steps. You can go up five because you can like, you know, hop over one because you can jump super far. Yeah. Um, but I feel like a too many of the buildings in that game are one access only or a one obvious access at least where you like run around the building like 10 times. You're like, okay, there's one. And then maybe you might find a second. But I feel like it's like the, the, the buildings are void of handholds just to be void of handhelds. Like it's just, yeah. it's like, why, why the fuck would you just make parkour harder? Like just, if I'm able to like climb up this side, just let me do that. Like why, you know what I mean? I, I, it just felt weird. The best thing they did in the most recent Assassin's Creed games is you can literally climb anything. He's a man who can a- climb any mountain. Anything. There's no, there's no um, stamina thing. Like in uh, uh, Breath of the Wild, you can just climb forever. And it just makes that type of game, you know, nicer. It is nice. It is certainly a little bit better than having. Well, it, it, you have the stamina and dying light as well, which is a real pain. Oh, in the that's ass. right. Yeah, yeah. That's a real pain in the ass. That's what I was gonna say. Um, and then other than that, I think my next project will be Horizon Forbidden West and getting back into that. Uh, before Elden Ring rudely interrupted me playing that game, so. <sighs> That's it for my week. Uh, let's hop into the stories now. Uh, Sony is planning an ad, uh, planning an in-game ad program similar to Xbox. Uh, was it just you and me, Matt, uh, last week talking about this? Um, so basically, what they're getting, what they're talking about this from Gamespot. Sources speaking to Bloomberg claim that Sony began work eighteen months ago on the project and is currently doing testing with um, ad tech partners on ways to help game developers place in-game advertising in their titles with a particular emphasis on using them in free-to-play games. Using the system, developers could be incentivized to create more free-to-play games that could be monetized this way as those titles have seen a surge in popularity uh, during the current pandemic. So I just want to get Tim and Adriano's opinion on this. How do you guys feel about adding in-game ads? Um, and I think it, I think they're talking about more incorporated into the game, not just like a screen flashes and says, buy this. Yeah, yeah. But like a billboard or something. Like How do you guys feel about that? Yeah. I I mean we've seen it in the past too. Like I'm pretty sure the first like what was it like Crackdown or Saints Row or something like had 
billboards that had like actual products on them. Mm-hmm. And it's like with that sort of implementation, yeah, I think that's like subtle enough, you know? Especially with like the way the games are are now, just always like connected to the internet. You could just have those billboards update like every week or whatever, and it could be a different thing. So for something like GTA Online, I could like I could see that absolutely being a thing. And it's just like there in the world, and it just it weirdly, as much as some people might be like, oh, like fucking advertisements, like I pay for this product and they're still advertising to me. It's like every fucking thing is like you play Forza, you're literally being advertised to by every brand of car that's in Forza. Like just because it's not a blatant billboard doesn't mean you're not being advertised to. So like I don't really give that much of a shit about ads in games, especially if they almost serve to make the make the experience a little a bit more immersive like everyone's just so used to seeing ads everywhere anyway it's right. uh it's interesting to see like i don't know I, I almost feel like it serves to add to the experience a little bit depending on the game of course like if it's think, like fucking crash bandicoot and then it's like whoa yeah. look at these like fucking frosted flakes in the background <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense but with the profanity it, and everything yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> buy a big old bowl of frosted flakes um i think if it's tastefully done it's, mm-hmm. it's fine like in the in the division when you're in new york and you go to times square you would want to see like appropriate advertisements plastered across times square right like the the, the coke ad that's always there it, yeah and it's just like it's like when we go to it in the division it's just blank or generic or bar or you know, drink or whatever. I really hate that. I really hate yeah. that. American bar, I think, was one of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. Um, so when when it's worked into the into the world seamlessly, like it should be, that's totally fine. Um, then, of course, yeah, if it's blatant and you're you're flashing a specific thing, or you're actually putting an advertisement, that I don't particularly like. I think it would be distasteful. And then I'm gonna, and then I'm going to recall a something that kind of splits the difference, which they they frame it definitely in the game, but I don't think they actually ever reference the item specifically. Is the original Alan Wake? Because in the original Alan Wake, like Alan Wake uses Duracell batteries to fight off the evil spirits in his flashlight. Like he's always picking up Duracells. Um, <laughs> he just keeps going and going and going and yeah. Going. Even though his flashlight's constantly dying and he needs to pick up new batteries. It's like, I don't know if that, if that would be. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, then like there's the car placement. Um, I think like the, like the satellite radio in that, in that car, like I think it's like a, a notable company. And it's like when serious in, satellite? Something like, I don't want to say it was serious, but it was in the same vein. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're like when he's in the car, like that's that's framed right in between two car seats, so you you get that right right in a nice shot. And then there's one more, and I'm trying to remember what it was. I want to say it's some sort of like tech, another tech device. I want to say it's like maybe it's Microsoft, Microsoft something. I don't know if this is worth look, even looking up, but that would check out. It's like um, what is it? It's like a fucking <clears throat> Metal Gear Solid. Like Snake always uses like Sony Walkmans or whatever. Yeah, um, so he, that, he always uses the popular music player of the time. He has an iPod and uh, oh yeah, MGS4. Yeah, yeah. So if it's if it's like if it's 
tastefully done and it's appropriately done that's totally fine like i i expect in i really don't like it in shows and movies when they have a generic fill-in phone when it's like we all know that they would have one of two devices it's either some sort of android (laughs) device or an iphone so just get those things in there get that sony xperia out of there like i don't even know why the fuck that's in there what was that one show was like hawaii 50 or something that had like the really bad blatant subway subway Subway? yeah yeah that's that was tasty that was really bad um and then in the same show they were doing, uh, they're talking about like some sort of art piece at some thing. And they're like, oh, no, that's not the way it is. She's like, yeah, yeah, it is. Bing it. He's like, what? He's oh, like, no. Jesus Christ. Christ. She's like, bing it. I'll, I'll show you. And it shows them like binging it. It's like, that's really, really dumb. So <laughs> that is, that is like borderline weird. Uh, but I think if it's, if it's appropriately done with the setting, like Times Square or, you know the london equivalent i don't remember i don't know what that one's called uh because they have their own like downtown center advertisement area um i i'm okay with it but yeah how would you Hawaii, feel though hawaii 50 no no bad bad hawaii 50 <laughs> how would you how would <laughs> bad, you feel if hawaii. like you were like a soldier dude and you get ambushed by the enemy and your sergeant yells to you you know get some cover in that arby's uh, that's that that that's uh, then, that's not yelled you out. Run, you all run into the Arby's. That's not yelled out in Homefront, but you go into a Tiger Direct in Homefront, and you there you're, you're <laughs> fighting on pictures, the outside yeah. and you're fighting on the inside of a Tiger Direct. Does that knock off Wendy's too or something? Uh, yeah. What um, what the hell's her name? I, f- I can't remember her name now, but yeah, Abigail. Willows or something. If, I think I think if the Tiger Direct one is exactly as as you're describing it, like you you simply take refuge in it, but you don't acknowledge it. I'm okay with that. Again, that adds just a little bit of realism to. We need some food. Get some. Get some roast beef sandwiches. Yeah, get some of that McDonald's McDouble dressed like a Mac TM. <laughs> so that's fine though. Like I don't like. Don't I actually like the Tiger Direct. Don't come wash this down. So, um, so but like it's. It's weird that like Sony is also planning an in-game ad program, similar to the Xbox One. I feel I feel like this would be an Xbox thing to do, but Sony's just a little above uh, above this. This seems like a little un-Sony-like to be doing something like this. Well, I find it's funny that Sony and Microsoft have to, have to do this because couldn't the games do this themselves or are they trying to get in on this i don't think i don't think it says sony was looking to make a profit off of this it might be something like as simple as oh in order for homefront to put in tiger direct if that is on a sony if that logo is on a <laughs> sony published disc sony <laughs> might have to take some sort of liability for that and like Sony has to be in on just the paperwork in some sort of official capacity. Oh, so, so it might just be like them covering their bases on that end. Yeah. So it says here, Bloomberg sources said that Sony is undecided on taking a cut of the revenue, but it is considering charging developers and publishers for the data gathered from the uh, consumer activity on PlayStation. Sony is reportedly also being strict on which ad tech company, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, ad tech companies can qualify for its program as it wants to avoid firms that collect personal information from players. So maybe they're just looking for new ways for their 
they're like game developer and publisher partners to make money because that makes them want to make you know more games on that platform it's like uh it's like apps mobile apps will like google play i believe uh has an ad like method like a way to do that and same with the the microsoft store and um you know depending on the store you're on you can use a third party ad provider if you want to one that's compatible with your app but it's sort of convenient to just use like, Hey, I'm on Google play. I'll use the Google play ad one. Assuming I'm pretty sure I'm almost certain they have one. It's been a long time since I've looked at any of the developer stuff on there, but um, I know that the Microsoft store uh, did when I, last time I, I checked, they had an ad thing where it's like, Hey, you know, toss in probably Bing ads or whatever the heck <laughs> it is. And it's just easy. And like, here's the cut and this is how it works. And it's just like, Oh, okay. Like I don't, I don't have to worry about serving it, this and that it's just, everything's done through Microsoft or Google so it's just convenient that way. So this is probably just them because they'll they'll get a cut of this, right? Like they'll certainly get some sort of payment um, from these ads. And, and if it's convenient for devs to make money that way, then they'll they'll plug it in there, too, then. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there you go. Moving on. Next story. Uh, Amy Hennig is making a new Star Wars game. This is my GN. Uh, five years after Visceral Games closure. Spelled the end of Amy Hennig's first attempt at a Star Wars game. The uh, director best known for her work on Uncharted is trying again, this time at Skydance Media. Uh, Skydance Media announced today that Hennig is working on a brand new game set in the Star Wars universe. Little is known about the project, uh, save that it will be a, a richly cinematic ad- action-adventure game featuring an original story. That's kind of <laughs> every game, but there you have it. Um yeah, so this has kind of been a crazy ride for her, right? Because uh, I remember us talking about her work, and a lot of people were excited about the game she was working on at Visceral. And then that whole thing horribly, tragically <laughs> fell apart. Is that is that Star Wars thirteen thirteen? No, no, that was a that was a canceled game before the Disney buyout. Like that was under Lucas Lucas Arts. Pro- that was a Lucas Arts game proper. Oh, yeah. Okay. It you know what the Star Wars license is one of those licenses where it just doesn't make sense because the the license is so big that they just don't have a basic like they just don't have a basic collection of games where it's like if you want to do open world do this if you want to go do battlefield like stuff do this some of those holes in like I only named two categories but there's a bunch of categories um, are filled like Battlefront's kind of like Battlefield and stuff like this but it there's no like go play almost like an Assassin's Creed level open world game out in the whatever. Uh, go play like a businessy game where you're like a smuggler or whatever and you're, you know, buy, sell, trade in space and there's gunfights and stuff. Like, there's so many different ways for this to be used and it's sort of like, it's got to be the people in charge of Star Wars that's causing the problem, right? Because like, we can, like, rip off a bunch of ideas, but I'm sure that the, the game developers in the industry probably have better ideas than us because they're in it so much. Well, you know? Marvel and Marvel in general, or I'm sorry, Disney in general had problems with, with games for a long time. And, uh, I think what star Wars needs to do is exactly what Marvel has done is where you pick, you know, high end developers to make, make good, um, Marvel games. And I think, uh, their deal with EA kind of really screwed them over their Star Wars games because EA pumped out very few games and not very different games like they they just had like two battlefronts for the longest time you know what I mean 
Yeah, but you're right. They they kind of need some like standard things. Like Battlefront should be their shooter. And you should just have a couple every uh, every few years. They should have a racing game. They have pod racing. It's like the perfect you yeah. know combination. Um, open world games uh, are is, is what pretty much everyone wants for a Star Wars game. You know, management games on the phone, which there might be some, but you know, anything. They used to have RTSs. And those are those <laughs> yeah. those are gone. There's there's there is so much you could do with it, and it just feels like that EA deal really stopped them from branching out and doing more. Um, I, I wonder about you, Ryan. If, but if, like, do you agree that that EA sort of cut you off? But do, do you do you agree that EA uh, did hor- did a horrible job with the maps, especially in Battlefront Two? Like they were just locations that just were just like annoying to fight in, or it's like cave on that planet that has like red soil. And it's just like we're fighting in a cave. <laughs> like, um, you know what I mean? Uh, like, what's it? What's it called? Uh, the planet? Yeah, what's that planet called? Is that called Crate? 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 Hey, That—that's yeah. your guys' territory. I've. Um. Yeah, but they're they're, they're it look those games look gorgeous. Yeah, it's called Crate. Um. I I didn't mind the maps. I think the problem was when that first Battlefront launch, they had like four planets. And just like varying sizes of maps of the same map, it was like almost like the battlefield kind of deal, you know. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah, and it didn't feel like it was worth like a full price uh, for a shooter like that. When Call of Duty would launch with like you know, a dozen or more maps, right? And then this one had like four four maps basically. <laughs> I'd love to know how long they spend on those maps because uh, they they'll they'll say there's you know 16 maps or 12 maps or whatever but it's like you're right it's like one map that has three subsections that can be turned into map is four maps mm-hmm. you know they consider that four so it's sort of like well no like I've been I've been here before so I don't know that's <laughs> it, I'd love to know how long it takes them to make those maps because like I, I, either it's <laughs> taken them way too long or it's like. They're just not putting the time in. Um, what really sucks too is that that the other game she was working on, it seemed like it was going to be the Star Wars game everyone wanted, and it's like why oh why did that one have to get canned? And so I'm hoping uh, that 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 can be recreated here in some way. You know, they talk about a richly cinematic action adventure game, uh, which basically sounds like Uncharted. You know, if you can make an uncharted like kind of fun adventure in a Star Wars game, I mean that's that's you're golden. Where where's the no man's sky of Star Wars? Oh man, run around in space, do whatever the fuck you want, be a bounty hunter, b- build bases, become like the junkyard holder on shitty planets, you know, and then you and then the story beats are just on you know, scripted, very highly detailed planets and you mm-hmm. don't need to do the whole scale of no man's sky but like where's the freedom of going around in space in a fucking star wars game like like what's going on here that's a good point too yeah uh do you remember um oh remember the older battlefronts they didn't have like um it was a big deal uh that people wanted to be able to fly from the ground up into space instead you got a wipe and you were just in the cockpit yeah, and um, No Man's Sky did that, and it, and it felt great doing that. That was so cool. Yeah, yeah, you should be, should have been able to get in that po- cockpit and like have the thing come down, and all the lights come on, and 
you just slowly kind of level take off the ground you float there for a second and you just kind of zoom forward that's what that's what that should have been well no man's sky has um like you can buy like freighters and stuff and like star wars you could like if you chose the dark side like like you could buy a star destroyer and you could have a fleet because that's what you do in no man's sky now you buy a fleet and you can send them on missions that kind of generate passive income and stuff like that and oh really and, yeah oh, oh I yeah gotta get, i gotta get back into no man's that sky. game that game is like really <laughs> extensive now and sure, it's like, like oh shit it's like why the fuck is this not in a star wars game like if that was a, if, if, if no man's sky was a stargate game you'd never see me again man like, no man's sky <laughs> it sounds like a this sounds like a game i could spreadsheet and put data on probably you could you can it, it, i'm pretty sure it tells you stuff like it'll be like i'm running this like mining machine and it'll be like oh this generates you know 10 iron an hour or whatever and you can like run the numbers if you really wanted matt you should try to find ways to organically bring up stargate every episode yeah <laughs> that is organic come on that was organic come on now. No, i know i'm saying though you should going forward you should oh. always try to bring up stargate every single episode <laughs> It's come back way. soon, man. Soon, <laughs> or just like, just like, give him, give him two words at the beginning of every episode, and just see if he can like work them into the conversation. <laughs> Six degrees of Stargate. Yeah. First word, Kevin. Second word, Bacon. Stargate. <laughs> God. Uh, all right. Uh, let's move on to our final story for the week. The uh, who all here has played Portal. Yep. I have. Yeah, man. No, Matt. Matt no, yeah, Matt, yeah, Matt. yeah. Oh, uh, what about Portal Two? Yep. Only the multiplayer. I haven't actually played the story mode of Portal Two. Oh, really? I am in the same boat. Yeah. Oh. What? I think I think that's a uh, streaming game for you guys. Oh, for sure. Um, uh, how would you like a Portal Three then? Yeah, right. Uh, I don't need it. <laughs> okay. Well, according to uh, Portal <laughs> co-writer Eric Wolpaw. <laughs> Uh, he wants Valve to let him work on a Portal 3, saying, I'm not getting any younger. It's my GN. Uh, as reported by VGC, Wolpaw appeared on the Kiwi Talks podcast and ended his appearance by saying, we've got to start Portal 3. That's my message to to whoever. <laughs> to whoever. <laughs> this is a man who works at the company, mind you. Um, he also said, I'm not getting any younger. Uh, we are reaching the point where it's crazy to think that uh, we're literally going to be too old to work on Portal 3. So we should just do it. Um, alongside working on Portal franchise, Wolpaw has also written on Half-Life 2, Episode 1 and 2, Left 4 Dead, and Half-Life Alex. So one would assume that he has some power in convincing Valve to act. Unfortunately, it still isn't that easy. While he admits he'd love to work on Portal 3, he understands he can't make it happen by himself. And he says, oh, I could advocate for it. It might help a little bit. But the problem is Valve has 300 employees, and they don't know exactly the breakdown, how many of them are on the production side, versus Steam business side, versus legal, versus whatever. Uh, and he said the problem is you would, you, would, um, you would make money, but what kind of money will you make? Are you going to make Counter-Strike Go money? Probably not. But having said that, maybe every game doesn't need to make Counter-Strike Go money. Uh, you know, Gabe, if you're listening. I kind of so thought, maybe I'm misremembering, but I thought that like the way, I think there was like an interview in Valve, and they were like, we only have people work on what they want to work on. So like, yeah, if, I remember if that people too. if people are like wanting to work on a game, like we're not going to say like, oh, you guys are going to work on the next Counter Strike, and that's just what this team is working on. It was like if you were part of the Counter Strike team but you didn't want to be working on Counter Strike, then you would leave the Counter Strike team. Like you would just go and work on what you wanted to work on. So the reason that like big projects weren't happening was because there weren't 
enough like big ideas that enough people wanted to work on to feasibly get them done. Mm, that's interesting. So I wonder, I might be misremembering, but I think that's what one of the interviews said. So I, 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 I'm surprised that like with how just like fun the portal games are that there weren't enough people in a team of 300 going and saying, yeah, I would, I would like to work on a portal three. Is it possible there's a fear that most of their games are pretty damn well received? Yeah. Is it possible they're afraid of coming out with a flop? Like they're not living up to the hype type thing? Yeah. I mean, people always said there'd never be a Half-Life 3, and, and really you can say Half-Life 3 is Half-Life Alex. And Half-Life Alex was really well received. And like Yeah, I'm actually the hype I actually really want to play that. Was insane for a for a Half-Life game. Not to say that they'll keep hitting it out of the park, but just like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure Gabe Newell said we'll never make Half-Life 3 because it can't possibly live up to the hype. I'm sure on more than one occasion he said that, but like, I don't know. Uh, for for what I heard with the Half-Life series, their, their main motivators for the Half-Lifes were they wanted to revolutionize or they wanted to to only make an entry when it when there was a massive shift in the industry itself. Um, and they said that they felt that appropriate with Half-Life and Half-Life 2, and that's the reason why they did Half-Life Alex was because VR was at a place where, like, we can mm. make something that can work on the new step in the video game industry, which is VR. VR so I think- really doesn't feel like it's been that next big step in video game technology, though. Like, it's not standardized. It's not enough people using it. Like, I, I would say the last... I completely agree, but that was their... That's what I yeah. read their reasoning as. Yeah. Like, I feel like the last big... Well, actually, I'd like to know, like, what do you guys think was the last major advancement in video game technology? Aside from just, like, higher fidelity graphics. If we're talking, like, tech specs specifically, I would say the SSDs. Because that that opens the door for larger textures with decent loading time or virtually no loading time for properly managed assets. And loading times is something that affects every game. But it doesn't really change the gameplay, so I'm not really sure if that would count for this category, but... Yeah, it, it kind of does, because it's like... It's part of the player experience, right? Like, <clears throat> But it is one of those things where you probably won't appreciate it if you didn't have what we had before, right? Like, Definitely. When they showed the difference between when, when Sony first showed the, like, theoretical load power of the PS5 just in, like, the tech demos. And they were showing Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man game, load screen on the PS4. And then they were like, here's the hardware we have for the PS5. And it's like, it shows Peter Parker on the subway for, like a tenth of a second and then it's in the new area and everyone was like whoa like look at how <laughs> how like fast the load time was but like if you grow up with that if you grow up with ssds being your standard like you're not going to really appreciate what load screens were right i think i think for me to answer your question is probably at a point in early ps4 uh is when when com- when developers said that it they actually pref- they actually started just rendering cutscenes with in-game engines instead of pre-rendered FMVs because the mm. the in-game engine looked better than FMVs at that point. Right. Okay. And and the first time like I really heard that really being utilized was um uh Werewolves in London. What's it called? Um Oh, the Order uh, 1886. Or, yeah, that one. 
And like where it's like, oh well, they just use London. Yeah, the song. Yeah. Hey, you guys know what I was talking about? I did not. Got the game. Yeah, that that was like the first time they utilized that that principle. It's like, holy shit. Okay, so we we now can just do everything in one shot. We don't have to like go to the shitty compressed FMV cutscene that doesn't even meet aspect ratio or doesn't aesthetically look the same. (laughs) And like, okay, now 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 we're moving forward. Yeah. Ryan? What? Oh. What do you think? Uh, uh, I'd say mobile games. That's a good one. That is okay. a good one. That pretty much like yeah. created a whole new industry of, of game playing. I know they had like portables like Game Boy and stuff, but once it came to phones, like it, I think it exploded and definitely changed how they're played. Especially with the free to play model, like for yeah. phones that we kind of looked at and we go, oh, Jesus, like all these free to play games, like, yeah, it's it's crap. Why would you even bother with like 95% of them or mm-hmm. more? Um, but yeah, that's that's a good point, actually. I was thinking, I was thinking really far back. I was thinking, honestly, the last like major thing in gaming that felt like it was like, whoa, this is the next step forward was motion controls on the Wii. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good one, too, for sure. And that's so long ago. That's like 21 years ago now or something like that. No, that's not right. No, no I was going to say, hot damn. 15 years ago because yeah. it was like 2006 the week came what out. What year is it? I don't know. It's like 2030 or something. I don't know. <laughs> 2077. It's 2077. COVID yeah. is still here. <laughs> oh, my God. God. <laughs> what, what, uh, what do we think is the next thing? Like, do we think that VR is going to be if it gets standardized? Or, like, what do we think think the next thing is? NFTs in VR. Oh, God. Uh, Universal crossplay. Serial bus. Universal crossplay for all all games on all ecosystems. Could you imagine? It's kind of happening now, though, right? Yeah, a lot of games do have it. Like, a lot of crossplays around. There is, I mean, obviously there's more crossplay than there's ever been, but like you can't just say like, oh yeah, you can crossplay anything anytime. Like, sure, that's, yeah. Realistically, it's probably never even going to happen just because yeah. like my, pe- my companies and I want to keep their rights to themselves. Yeah. My my brother and I wanted to go back and try to cross or uh, uh, play uh, Gears of War. In fact, actually, if that's actually another one that I played this week. I think I don't know if I mentioned it. Gears of War with my brother. Um, first one. The first one. Yeah, he wants nice. to. Jesus. He wants to. He wants to replay through all of them. So it was like, okay, they're all. They're both on Game Pass. Um, but it turns out we can't crossplay, even though he has it on Game Pass for console, and I have it on Game Pass for PC, because the one on PC is Gears of War Windows Edition, and he has just Gears of War, and even though. It's the same game. They're two different builds and they don't talk to each other or something like that. Oh, wow. So it's like we can't we can't even fucking play with each other. That's very you know, strange. You know what yeah. I think is the next thing I would say, because I would say crossplay is already happening. So uh, and, and even NFTs like NFTs is like a microtransaction iteration. I would say the next big thing to me anyway has to be something completely new or like almost entirely new. And I think it's going to be AI where the eight where the like NPCs and stuff like that aren't just like spit out one of five lines. They're actually having a conversation like living within the game and generating their, their like responses on you, like towards you through a, a machine learning algorithm kind of thing. Yeah. Like I think that that's going to be the next yeah. step where, cause like to me, it's like, I, I have like a real affinity for 
cities where like in an Elder Scrolls game, I'm just I'm always fucking around in the cities. Like I like to oh, yeah. I like to look at the cities a lot. And the conversations are, you know, hilariously uh, shallow, <laughs> right? Or off topic. Uh, but like yeah. to it would be super cool to walk around and literally have people be like Instead of it being scripted where it's like, I've hit quest 10. Now they whisper behind my back. Jesus, look at that guy. Like, if, if somebody. Jesus, look at that weirdo. Yeah, like shit like, shit like that. <laughs> or like, like oh my God, that it's, one. it's the grand champion of the arena or whatever from, from Oblivion. But it'd be cool if, if like somebody is in the arena, like they're employed there. And so they have like a bit of insider information and they like kind of spread mm. the rumor like, Jesus, yeah. I think that guy's going to be the next grand champion. Have you seen him training in like the. In like the like training area and shit like that, like oh, that man. type of stuff would be super How cool. Would that cool. be that would be really cool. Like, and then exactly. you could just you could go online and be like, dude, is anyone else getting like NPCs like spreading gossip in their city? And then other people can be like, no, like that's not happening for me. Like, how the fuck did you get that to happen? And just like because if it's truly like machine learning, then it's probably unless the development behind the game has some sort of thing in the code where like every machine learned behavior has to apply to every instance of the game you could get like really unique interactions oh yeah based on newspapers just of, like what happened in your game not because oh of yeah it's like coded New- to happen oh no in in-game writing because fuck we have ai writing news stories now so like why not implement that for certain things in game i yeah. forced this robot to watch me play elder scrolls oblivion for 15 hours oh, and fuck. it came out with this script well, could you imagine like like playing an Elder Scrolls game or, or even like a Fable game would be good for this. And like you're in an era in which there is a newspaper and it's like one of the journalists you don't know is a journalist. And then, mm-hmm. you you know, you do something in front of them and then they're just like they spread the rumor that you killed someone in the alley. And then yeah, people start being like, knows. be like, yeah. Jesus Christ, like did this guy kill someone in an alley. And then and you then, start getting like refused service at like shops and stuff because they're like, yeah. ah, I don't want your kind around here. And it's like, wait, what do you, what do you mean? Oh, I've 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 heard stories about you. You're you're not welcome here. Oh, like man. Certain parts of the map is just like people are just instantly aggressive towards you because they're like afraid of you. That would be this is nuts. We've we've basically created a new. Now <laughs> there's nothing that gaming can come out with until that point that, that I, it's not going to live up to it. Um, there's not, there's so they become sentient. Thank God, help us all. <laughs> then, I'll, then I'll hang out in VR with them. Oh, oh my god. god. I don't give a fuck at that point. I'll murder your avatar. I'll go into the metaverse Matt, and Matt, hang out with you, my fable NPC. You and VR <laughs> sounds absolutely hilarious. I cannot wait to experience that. I mean, I did have meet your parents. You're going to be the first person to hang out with in VR. I, I did have a, a, a Ricky Bobby moment in in Facebook Horizons where I was like, they're like, why are you holding your hands so strange? I'm like, I don't really know what to do with my hands. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um. So going back to the, like the evolution of of just like what's next or whatever, one thing that I am impressed with that I'm finding that more and more um, uh, developers are doing is they are recording multiple takes of voice lines mm-hmm. to adapt to different scenarios. Speaking of Spider Man, yeah, Spider Man, like if he's if he's winded or he's exhausted or he's calm. And there's a recent alpha gameplay, alpha, yeah, alpha uh, gameplay video of the Dead Space remake. So uh, they brought in the actor to do, I'm pretty sure it's the same actor from Dead Space 2 and 3 to finally voice uh, Isaac for the first game. Like they're, they're, they're retroactively inserting dialogue into that game. And they're Wait, doing is that so- the same voice actor from Dead Space 1 and then 2 and 3? Uh, there is no voice actor for Dead Space. He's a mute character in that game. Well, I mean, he screams when he's like dying. 
uh oh maybe i don't know if they have that actor but yeah there's no there's no dialogue for isaac in the first game yeah yeah so they so there's 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 dialogue in in the remake um and they're doing the same thing like they're they're like uh recording different intensities for your scenario and like i think they're even pumping they said like on a on a like a point one five on a point cha- uh one channel for like uh surround sound like on the low bass I think they also like are experimenting with like heartbeat rhythms. So oh, something's creepy. more high. Yeah. Like you can, they'll like, they're, they're going to work that in into the noise as well. So that shit sounds super interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's uh, move on to the query corner question. Uh, I just wrote in here, Matt, um, do you seek out lore in video games? I don't know if you want to expand on that a bit. Uh, one second here. I'm just actually taking a big old sip of water here. Uh, <laughs> just one second here. Just taking a big old shit. To make <laughs> it <back. laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I'm choking on my water here, but no. Um, yeah. So uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about was um, something I mentioned last week, which is that in Dying Light 2 specifically, and this happens in other games as well, but in Dying Light 2 specifically, uh, in my, uh, you don't really know much about Villador. You kind of know the basics, you know, you, you learn it over time. Some people tell you some stuff, but you don't really know, you know, how impactful or how important Villador, which is the city you play in, um, was to literally mankind, like the entire human race. Um, and... It, it, it's like the last bastion of civilization or it was and all this crazy stuff happened and, and stuff like this. And, and to me, that would change how I play the game, knowing where I'm at, how important it, it is or was, what happened there is interesting to me. And so I'm curious, like whether you guys think that stuff like this should be left to be like you find it. Or do you think that it should be more in your face? An example of like a hybrid of this is in Red Dead 2, and this is a completely side location. In Red Dead 2, there's a place called Emerald Ranch, and you can find people on the side of the road randomly that, you know, maybe their horse has died or they need a ride to Emerald Ranch. And when you find a person that needs a ride to Emerald Ranch, they will sometimes say, they'll sometimes chat with you if you're chatting with them and they'll talk to you about a great disaster that's happened there. And if you go into Emerald ranch into sort of the very small suburban part of it, there's a bar there and the bar is closed. You can tell there's cobwebs, stuff like this. And there's bullet holes in certain areas in this bar, in this tavern slash saloon. And if you go out the back door in that backyard, there's uh, a grave or two. And there's also like the mystery of em- of the Emerald Ranch owner's daughter basically being stuck up in her room on the second floor of the main ranch house. And it's sort of like, oh, like, is, he lo- is she locked up there? Is she, you know, f- completely overrun with grief due to what happened at the saloon? Like what happened? And so it's kind of a hybrid in that. You're playing the game, you get a quest, they kind of tell you about it, and then you kind of go seek it out, and you're like, oh, Jesus, this this location isn't just an area where I can sell my stolen goods. So, like, where, like, what do you guys think? Like, do you do you want to be told a lot of the lore and then find the extras, or or do you just not give a crap and you just care about the sort of the gameplay loop and the main story? It is a case-by-case basis for me. I have to be captivated by the world enough to want to seek it out. If not, I'll stick to the main stuff. All right, like, that's it. Like I like I will take Mass Effect lore. I will go and seek out Mass Effect lore in a Mass Effect game because the world is just so convincing. What's interesting about that take is that 
Mass Effect's kind of, well, Mass Effect is like this big grand space adventure. So it's like captivating kind of in its own right. Uh, the final frontier, if you will. But yet, like something like Dying Light, it's like, oh, I'm in a city with zombies. But the weight of that city's history and its current status has such a rich lore that they just never explored unless you went and seeked out and listened to actually like collectibles and stuff like this, listen to and read them and whatever. And so like, I would almost say that, you know, it's kind of on the dev is really to throw some of that, at least in my opinion, into the game. And then I can get the specifics like a uh, division, the first division, when we play it, it's like, it's, it's obvious generally what's happening. You know, there's been a pandemic and, you know, there's like a little outpost set up every, everywhere and some of them are enemies and some of them are allies and that's that's the division. You kind of know what's going on. There's a dark zone. There's areas where there's tons of bodies and there's areas where it's safe and there's areas where it's not so safe and you kind of generally get the layout and you kind of get this picture of like, okay, when I go out of these walls, it's going to be dangerous and based upon the district I'm in, I know how dangerous it is and how dirty it is if I need to have like my mask at a certain filter level and stuff like this. Like So there's like it. there's enough there but then you can find video clips from say police car dashboards and you can find i think newspaper clippings or whatever else you can find that would that'll fill in sort of the brutality of the final days of new york uh functioning as sort of a normal modern city but it's like that like at least we know generally what's happening but it's just like without it being captivating by default like you're saying adrano or without it them trying to captivate me i have no like reason to care about where i am trying to formulate a response to this i don't think i can i will say that um it's it is a game per game basis and it depends on how skilled they are at at delivering the lore to you are they doing it passively you know just through certain interactions or you know gameplay events or just visually of, of the world um or are they doing it through a bunch of like text boxes you got to read and notes you find and and stuff like that because if, if that's the case that doesn't interest me very much i don't like reading you know off my tv it's just it's just i don't know any anytime i pull up a, a big long piece of text from a game i just can't bring myself to read it uh yeah i'm so i'm okay i don't mind reading it off off my off the tv screen what what gets me though is when i have to scroll to continue reading it if if you're gonna do that <laughs> keep, keep it in one fucking page give me the gist of it and that's it you know what like though the voice there's too voice is good yeah uh, for sure mass effect has, has a great narrator on some of their uh codex oh yeah yeah things it's not on everything but it's 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 good man i was just about to say like i I really love going on lore dives and games, but if a game only has audio logs, I'm out. I don't want to have to sit and listen to this person do a slow, dramatic read or like it's an audio log of like a recreation of or audio captured of like when a horrible event happened and it's a bunch of people like yelling and be like, oh, God, no, what, what is that? And Stuff it's usually like bad acting in those. I find and, yeah. <laughs> and I, I really hate when they when they time it poorly in another scripted event that's going to happen in game. It's oh, like, God. Yeah, it's like it's like Borderlands takes is you right out of it. Yeah, Borderlands is brutal for this. It's not like Borderlands is a pinnacle of any sort of, you know, storytelling framework. Yeah. But yeah. it's just like there's a there's a top there's something happening in the top right with like somebody talking. And then there's just a complete 
shit show of a gunfight happening around you <laughs> and you're not even absorbing anything and then on top of that something scripted in the mission happens so then they they override that that new piece of dialogue overrides the the, the, the audio log the, the audio log and then you just don't get it back you're just like it's gone it's like okay well great I, yeah great yeah. there goes that piece of conversation yeah <laughs> or I, the I audio log I've, or the audio log is like in your inventory and then you go back to listen to it again and you have to start from the beginning mm-hmm. and it's like yep. a it's like almost a two minute like audio log and you're like, oh, come on. Can I like skip forward? Yeah, no. If they're going to have audio logs in your game, make it that you can access it at any time. Make it that you can skip ahead to like whatever point. Like we have scroll bars. We've had YouTube for like literally <laughs> 20 years. You can click and drag with your mouse to go to the point that you want to listen to. Like I feel like that's not hard to implement into your game. But uh, no, yeah, like to an extent I do agree with Adriano where it's like it's a case by case basis. Like when it comes to Dark Souls, like FromSoft games, like every time I get a new item that's of at least significant importance, I will go into the description and I will read the description and I will try to like learn more about the world through the context of the uh, of the items and stuff. And like the real drip feed, it's there if you want to find it, but it has like absolutely no bearing on the gameplay type of lore distribution that they do in these games. That's my jam. I absolutely love that. Like I played through Elden Ring and tried to learn as much as I could through like item descriptions and stuff. Still had really no fucking idea what was going on in the game. Then I went and watched Vati Video's lore video that was like (laughs) a half hour long. And I was like, oh, okay. Now that I have these like these extra bits of context or these extra little threads to connect things together, everything makes so much more sense now. This is great. Um, And I just like fell in love with it all over again. So... I think it's got to be a very particular kind of like lore distribution, but I uh, I typically love like chasing after lore games, especially if it's the kind of thing that I'm uh, like like you said, Adriano, with the world being engaging enough that you want to know. Like anything Elder, Elder Scrolls, like yes, I want to know. Anything Warcraft, yes, I want to know. But um, yeah, the, the game has to sell me on the world first. But if you're only yeah. going to give you the information through audio logs, no, I'm out. And 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 something, especially this this for me is more effective in kind of like horror survival games. It can it can happen in other ones as well. But uh, show me show me just like remnants of a scenario, and let me kind of piece together what I think happened. And like a little bit of ambiguity, environmental also, storytelling. Yeah, and a little bit of yeah. ambiguity and uncertainty also works well. Like, like I, I really like it in, in horror games or survival games where it's like something's happened here, and I think I know it's. I think I've pretty much figured out what happened, but it's also it could be a scenario where I or another player could have a slightly different interpretation of this, and in either case, it's not wrong or right. It's just the way that I think what happened here. So. You know, what's interesting about that is it, it reminds me of there's moments in, say, like a Fallout game is the one that stands out to me where, you know, there's lots of notes and there's lots of reading and there's lots of audio logs and in the form of holotapes and stuff. And, and and certainly like a lot of it's just there for like, oh, no, this really bad disaster happened now. Oh, this happened there. This happened there. But there is a lot of really good environmental storytelling. And my I would say my favorite part of the environmental storytelling that Bethesda does is there are times where the holotapes and the notes and everything are utilitarian like someone will say hey like i hear there's a stash in like the fallon's department store you go in there and you're just looking around and if it's not immediately obvious you're like well i guess i have to kind of dig in you're doing a bit of an investigation and even though you're just reading through like stocks 
Um, like it's like the stock levels of the store, you know, the inventory, or you're reading or listening to the employees do their, you know, their sales report or whatever that they record audio for. You can like find little hints in there. So you're doing your own investigation and it makes that lore interesting because you're listening for like, well, you know, is there missing inventory one day? Like, and, and where was it? And like, oh, you know, it was missing on Wednesday. Let's look at the shipping log. Oh, it, it shipped to this other city. Let me go out there. Oh, like that truck didn't make it. Okay, let's f- like follow the road between this place and the Fallon store and let's try to find like a broken down truck. Oh, there it is. There's a stash in there. And it makes the lore like the world's literally has reacted in that case in the past. It's reacted to the lore. You're learning a bunch of stuff that you don't necessarily need to know, but it's all interesting because you're trying to figure out almost like an unmarked puzzle, which is kind of cool. Yeah, Sea Sea of Thieves has so far a very perfect level of lore in which if you want to go and seek it out, like there's a lot of story in Sea of Thieves. And I think out of everyone that I know plays it, myself included, I probably know the most lore about Sea of Thieves and I know fucking shit about Sea of Thieves. <laughs> like there are people, there's like, you can, you can find those, those little books all over the place. Now, Sea of Thieves could do a much better job of presenting the information because it's like their books read the same way out as their menu items. So like when you go up to a vendor and you have options, their books literally read out the same way. It's like literally two lines at a time at the bottom and you hit continue to go to the next one. And I don't think the lore is well presented, but there's a lot of it there. And if you want, you can go seek it out. Or there's also the 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 companion comic books that go with it. There that that expand on the world. Uh, there's all the adventures and all the commendations you can go and, and seek. So uh, I think Sea of Thieves is a perfect level of lore seeking for me. I never really thought of Sea of Thieves having lore, but. That they did shit add a shitload of, of story, like yeah. actually, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a whole, and like and like what what they'll do is they'll they'll change characters around. Like they'll like Duke used to be there, and then all of a sudden, like his dialogue will talk about going and moving, and because he heard rumors of something, and then two weeks later, they'll literally go move his character to another island, and then they'll show like evidence of like his boat breaking or whatever, and then they'll have a oh, replacement cool. format. Yeah. And then, and then they'll, he'll drop other hints about something happening. And then two weeks later, they'll go and change, make a small change to the Island and they'll move him around again. So shit like that's really cool. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, Tim, where can the good folks find you? Um, typically you can find me at blah, blah, blah address in blah, blah, blah city. Oh God. <laughs> just like immediately dox myself no um typically you can find me online five days a week at twitch.tv slash the sidetrack if you're keen on lego city undercover i'm sorry i've finished it i've moved on to uh to <laughs> Death's door oh, okay. but uh <laughs> might, might go back honestly to some other lego games sometime soon because it was a lot of fun and a lot of new people came in being like oh man like i love lego city undercover this is my nice. favorite game or just stuff like that so might get around to doing some more Lego stuff in the future. But uh, yeah, like I said, typically action games, RPGs, that's my bag. So if that's your thing, pop on by. And you can catch us on Wednesdays, 8.30 uh, p.m. Eastern on Twitch.tv slash Day One Patch Media. And we're making some headway in Grounded. Finally. Yeah. How, how is that game? Would I like that game? I think you'd like it. It's It's okay. It's got everything Adrian needs. It's got cooking. It has mm, uh, inventory management. 
Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe. How how do I? Is it on Game Pass? How do I play this? It is. Yeah. It, it's a. Oh. And it's four player. You can join. It's an Obsidian game, so Microsoft owns them. There you go. Maybe I'll download it and try it. See how that goes. It is a. It is an early access, so uh, we've noticed quite a few bugs. Um, so don't go in expecting you know everything to work properly. And there's I'll more map than story. That like I'll, big uh, time. <laughs> that's fine. I'll I'll download it Monday or Tuesday. Give it a try, and then if I. Feel up to snuff, I'll uh, jump in on Wednesday. But before we go, how many games did I buy on the eShop, guys? Oh. I'm going to guess five. This is going to sound eight. That's going to sound ridiculous. I was going to say 16. Whoa. Uh, seven. Damn. Ah. Damn. Ryan this wins week. by price of right rules. This yeah. week <laughs> on. Um, this week on the. Nintendo. So I wrapped up the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo purchases. I, on Nintendo, I bought Legend of Zelda and, Le- and Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link. On Super Nintendo, I bought Castlevania Dracula X, Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars, Super Mario World, Ooh. and The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. Even though I have copies of all these games <laughs> everywhere already. And then on the Game Boy Advance, I started browsing that one. Uh, I bought Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. So my rule going through this is like I'm pretty much going to be buying every single Castlevania game and non-sport Mario game. So every traditional Mario title and Mario Kart title I'd be buying. But like Mario Sports or Tennis or whatever, I wouldn't be buying. But then there's other franchises that I have to like weigh like uh, Metroid, Contra, Donkey Kong, and Final Fantasy. It's like, do I really want to bite off every title for every one of those franchises on every one of those systems? Because that would be Eesh. insane. Nintendo's like, yes, yes, do it, yes. Yeah, all this because they said they're shutting down when I wouldn't have even yeah. have touched this if I if they did it. God damn. Now they're going to wait two weeks and be like, by the way, we've decided we're not shutting down. Thanks for oh, the service, and, and on the And the last day, we're going to discount it all 90%. It's like, ah, <laughs> fucker. <Yeah. laughs> Just looking at you, Adriano. Yeah. No! Nah, they never discount anything. Alright, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. progress i am recording on both Ah! (laughs) damn matt Matt, Matt, (laughs) please matt Matt. what's up buddy (sighs)